Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to get, uh, in fact, we'll get right to this conversation because it's a little bit long, but there's so much valuable information. Um, Mark Harlan, the uh, athletic director of the University of Utah, was on with DJ and PK this morning, and uh, he hit on a number of very important and different topics in regards to uh, sports in the Pac-12 and, of course, uh, at the University of Utah. We wanted to get you this conversation in its entirety. Uh, the guys start out by asking him uh, what, uh, Austin, how he's uh, navigating through this uh, difficult situation. Well, you know, empathetic to everybody dealing with, with COVID-19, right? I mean, I think everybody can relate to the fact that every day is a little different, you know, whether your kid's in school or, or not in school and, and, and work and, and otherwise. And to your point, we're not immune to uh, you know all of that here, and you know it's been a it's been a heck of a six, seven, eight months. Um, seems like in some some cases two years, and other times it feels like five minutes. But where we are today, uh, this morning, as I call you, is there's a lot of excitement here. There's a lot of excitement with with our football program. Uh, a few days away from Camp Kyle, and and you know they've been in a 12-hour working session for quite some time, and and they're getting ready to get the pads on and. Uh, get after it. And now that they have a schedule, uh, they can see the light. And, and when football is lifted in that way, it lifts the whole department. Everybody gets that, that energy. Uh, we've been able to take some people off of furlough uh, that will help us stage the games and, and get ready. That's been a real awesome development for us uh, to be able to do that. Not everybody, but but some people that, are, that obviously are, are structured in that. And so there's a lot of good news right now, but we also know with this virus that uh, where there's an up day, there could be a, a down day tomorrow. And it's just my role and, and folks working here to just keep everything moving forward, despite uh, the information you're dealing with. Yeah, that's well said as far as the, the crazy nature of it. And we don't really know what's around the corner, literally. And that's one of the things that I was surprised with the conference starting on the 7th, maybe the 6th. I don't know if that's been decided. But that Saturday, the 7th, and it leaves no margin for error. And, you know, I've been talking to the folks there in your football program, and they have been. Somebody told me, you know, we are just so tired of lifting weights and running. You know, they have been doing all this stuff, as you say. So my, my point for you is – uh, are you surprised or was there any way, maybe surprise isn't the right word, but any way maybe some of these teams couldn't have started earlier because Kyle has said they could have gone earlier. So, therefore, you build in some flexibility into the schedules in case some things arise that you don't anticipate now, but we see, see that it wouldn't be that more big of a stretch that a game or two in the conference can get canceled and then you don't have any flexibility to move stuff around, whereas if you started earlier, maybe you would have. Well, there's no question as it relates to to our situation here. We would have preferred to have started, you know, earlier. Uh, I think the week before was was certainly something that we had talked about. Uh, there were some others that uh, felt like they were ready to, but quite candidly, it was very few uh, that really felt like they were in that situation. Um, you know, you probably saw yesterday in media day. I think we had two of our coaches uh, say they're still waiting for clearance. 
uh, to be able to, to get out in, in groups larger than 12 uh, in California tomorrow. But, you know, I think collectively uh, the conference felt like, uh, you know, if you don't have more than four or five schools, you know, even number, obviously four or six schools that are ready to go, let's just all take the same time to get ready for that first weekend. And that turned out to be the, the, the weekend of November 6th, 7th. And so, you know, obviously from a transparent point of view, we would have preferred to go earlier to your point, having a, a weekend that, uh, you know, some schools could have maybe had a buy probably would have been a good thing, but we're beyond that now. You know, we voted as a conference, our chancellors and presidents made that decision and, and we lock in like everybody else. And, uh, you know, November 7th is going to be here pretty quick. So we know that that uh, November 7th is going to involve a, uh, a 9 a.m., 10 a.m. here, but 9 a.m. local time game with Arizona State and USC. Is this like a one-time kind of trial run here? Is this something everybody's likely to sample over the uh, course of the season? Or is this something we're going to see uh, going forward, even when there are fans back in the stadiums, presumably, whether it's a year, two, three? Is this going to kind of become a normal part of life in the Pac-12? Well, as it relates to this year, I think there might be another window or two possi- possibly uh, on the 12 noon Eastern Big Fox uh, slot that we saw Arizona State. There I said it on your show. I said Arizona State. I was going to avoid that today. <laughs> it's like bingo last night. I said it. Um, so we, we if, if the window comes open to us, as, as Kyle has said, you know, he and I had a long talk about it. We just felt like it made a lot of sense this year whether we're home or on the road to, to, to try it. We, we love the window. We love the national exposure. Students really love playing on that, on that stage. There's a lot of reasons to do it. And, you know, the big apprehension of not doing it is, is fans and what that puts people through. And, you know, with the decision not to have fans, you know, it made sense to, to really take a good look at it and, and, and then, and then look back at it after it's over, you know, besides just when you're losing a game, but how did it all work out? You know, I don't remember what coach said it yesterday, but you know, we, we have these, sometimes these eight o'clock games out here, as we all know, and what's not talked about a lot, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of the, what the fans go through in the late windows on a Saturday night, but what the players go through, you know, I mean, to, to be in a hotel all day long, getting your bodies and, and, you know, shape and how you eat and, and all that stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a long road. And so I think that's just as traumatic in some ways is, is getting up that early. Um, and a lot of our kids, they wake up so dang early cause they're so excited about the game anyway. So we're really kind of hoping it, it happens for, for all the reasons that we talked about as far as it being a continuation, I still haven't done enough listening to, to folks about how it would affect them um, as, as far as being a fan. I mean, I, I can guess and assume, um, but I, I need to do more work. My team needs to do more work. So it wouldn't be automatic at all. Um, but it's something I think at least we'll know how the team managed it as we look at it in the future. How is the university going to handle these scholarship issues with these individual athletes across the board, both uh, guys and, and women, in terms of if they want to come back and not use this year as uh, counting towards their eligibility? Well, we're, we're all in on what the NCAA decides to do, right? There's no question that if, uh, you know, if, if you want to come back as a senior, you know, you're entitled to that. The way the rule reads is, you know, you're, you're frozen this year, so to speak, just like we saw with our spring athletes. So we're seeing this in baseball and softball come to mind. 
super seniors, as I refer to them. You know, and that just comes back to them having conversations with their coaches. Where are they going to fit in uh, with an incoming freshman class now uh, coming in as well? Do they see it as, as something that they want to do? They have conversations, and it goes from there. But they're entitled to, to be back. Uh, we saw, I think, of our 33 super seniors, I want to say our number was. I think about 11 or 12 came back. Some went on with, with their lives or, or went to other institutions. But we're, we're, uh, we're all in on that decision, it, just like we're all in if, if, a, if a young person wants to opt out uh, this year due to all the COVID and the testing and the concerns. If they opt out, they're, they're in good standing and welcome to come back as well. So it's not just one class of super seniors with everybody getting a free year. This could uh, You could be coming up with more scholarship money for multiple years going forward. How do you deal with that? You are on top of that. A lot of folks don't, uh, don't mention that. They think of the seniors. Everybody's frozen. It's a free year for, for the entire let's say, football. It's a free year for everybody. So, yeah, it's going to be four or five years of managing, uh, you know, this in some sort of way. What, what gets interesting is that so in football this year, we, we obviously are restricted to 85 scholarships. Next year, the number goes to, to how many seniors come back. And so you'll, you know, you'll have that to deal with. And then the following year, unless the rule changes, you have to go back to 85. So that's a real interesting challenge for coaches to manage their roster. You know, obviously it could be a, a pretty tough effect for rising. I guess that we'd be juniors right now um, because there might not be a lot of space on rosters. So it's going to be, you know, there's definitely some consequences of all this, but it's still the right thing to do for dealing with students that are here during COVID and what they've had to manage to give them that opportunity. You spoke of fans uh, in terms of the early starts. Uh, there have been some reports that, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't want to have or is not going to have fans, but yet uh, I believe you were quoted as saying that you may let some fans in, whether they be family members, to the three home games this year. How is that going to work? Yeah, so the league the league uh, chancellors and presidents did give some space for, for schools that are able to, to have a very limited family and friends of, of, the, of the, the teams that are competing. So imagine maybe a number that's in the 400, 500 range at most where, you know, our student athletes on the roster could have maybe four guests and then um, our coaches, uh, families, uh, and that would, that would be it, absolutely it. And that's only if it's allowed. And I, from what I understand in California and Oregon, and I believe Washington, they're not going to have that availability until sometime, you know, maybe late in the spring or, or not until fall of 21. And then I think there's four, um, those Arizona schools and Colorado and ourselves that might have that opportunity depending on how things are in our community. But, gosh, I'm really hoping so. You know, it, it's it's such a disappointment to not have our fans in there. We, I was just talking about with one of our football coaches yesterday. It's just you, you can't even – get your mind around it we've all you know we've all seen the empty stadiums on television but when it finally comes to you and you start thinking about running around in there w- without that crowd which we know has helped us win football games on multiple occasions so um but at the very least if, if the family of of our kids could be there that that would be a, a really nice thing to do and we're hoping to be able to to do so you know, everybody who drives up the hill uh, right past the end of the stadium looks over, sees no south end zone, and wonders, how are you going to play three home games with no locker rooms? <laughs> Seems like a small detail, but it fascinates a lot of people, maybe just because so many people can drive by the stadium and see it. Uh, do you have that plan nailed down? Yeah, Kyle Brennan and uh, Jeff Rudy have been working on that along with Gavin Gower, facility uh, director. They've been, they've been contemplating this for a while. When we 
saw obviously what was going on and we, we met with Leighton Construction. We they said to us, hey guys, if we can get after this early and knock this this down, you know, it'd be good for everybody. And and so that was gosh back in May, June, maybe even earlier. But before we could do that, we had to have a, at least an outline of a plan and how it would work if, if we if we were able to get going. So they had a plan, and, and obviously they've dusted it off. I mean, I, I can see some something to the effect where we dress in the Eccles football building, we, we cross the street, uh, and then we have some un- space that's underneath the stadium that we could use for halftime. Um, and then as far as the visiting team, we're, you know, we're looking at options, everything from Einer Nelson to, to other areas. So we, we've got a plan, and, uh, you know, we might need a, a minute or two extra at halftime. Um, and, I, you know, I think you guys may have seen my quote before. I don't think anybody in our league uh, would think that anything we're doing for them uh, would be any worse than what they currently had uh, when they came here to Rice-Eccles in, in, the, in the visiting locker room. So whatever, whatever they get will be fine. But, yeah, we're excited about that, and, and it's helped us to be able to keep the project where it needs to be. Um, it'll look a little different on TV now uh, without having anything there, but, but uh, we're just so excited to be playing. We'll, we'll manage anything. Yeah, I don't think you were there yet, but you had that one year before the facility was built where they just had those, uh, they put up a bunch of portable buildings on the south side of the practice facility, and we did all that for a year, and it seemed like it was manageable, and they held meetings. We held the weekly Monday thing there, and so it seems like you could be able to do that, and it wouldn't be that big of an issue. As far as this goes, when it's done, uh, as uh, whatever is on the you have constantly building projects for other sports but at that point with football would you be in the mindset of uh, you know we've got everything that we need for a while and and you wouldn't be looking to add other stuff facility wise to your football program well you know you're never done in terms of of you know things that you can do to improve your programs and I think that uh, in football, you know, to, to, to be elite, you always have to, to really be strategic in the way you invest. And so Whit and I are always talking about, you know, what, what makes sense uh, for us. We know that we have incredible facilities here. Obviously, the Eccles Football Center is, you know, premier in this conference and, and in this country. And as you said, the, the stadium, when completed, going over 50,000 premium seating and just unbelievable addition for for the the program you know we'll look to to other other things that uh anything that that can help you know as i look at the indoor facility which obviously this year is is going to be uh utilized more is there more things we can do in there uh you know we've, we've talked about trying to expand some of our outdoor practice fields so you're always looking at at doing things uh and the great thing about the university of utah we have unbelievable donors who uh, are very open to discussing these things and, and helping us move forward. Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan joining us. So the uh, football is a huge thing to get off the ground, but basketball comes right on its heels there. Uh, do you know what the non-conference schedule is going to look like, how that's going to play out? Is the conference schedule nailed down at 18 or 20 games? Is all that still a work in progress, or have you got some stuff figured out? Yeah, we're just about there to figuring out. We made a decision as a conference. I don't think it's been announced yet, but we're going to have anywhere between seven and nine non-conference games. You know, part of the presidents and chancellors, when they looked at the medical advisory board output, uh, they felt comfortable as long as we were daily testing that that we could move forward in, in non-conference uh, for, for basketball and our remaining sports the rest of the year, as long as they follow the protocol of our daily testing. So whoever we play has to come in, test the day before, 
uh, has to test the day of the game, and we would have to do the same. So, you know, that's a that's a complexity that that not everyone is dealing with, and so we we've got a you know obviously we have adjust, adjusted dates with those that we had contracts for, and then they all have to agree to that testing policy. So we're kind of going through that process now. We're definitely making some headway. The other interesting thing for us is this is the year that we were to have been in Atlantis in, in one of the multi-team events known as MTEs. And that one, too, we're trying to figure out because most of those MTEs have been canceled or totally uh, changed. You know, ours has been moved from Atlantis to South Dakota, which is interesting who came up with that one. But nonetheless, so we're working with them on their testing protocols. Uh, if it matches the Pac-12, we, we really want to stay with that because there's a lot of great teams in that. Uh, so we're figuring that out. We're figuring out the rest of our games. But, you know, Kyle Brennan and Coach Whittingham and Andy Hill and Donnie Daniels, they're all they're all really uh, spending a lot of hours on it. And it's the same thing with our with our women's uh, team. It's it's the same complications. But every day there's a little bit more clarity to it. So I'm really hoping that we uh, we get the schedule all wrapped up here in the next uh, two weeks because I think we're seven weeks from starting. So obviously we need to get that finalized. As far as if you get a number of cases positive, is there going to be a limit like for the high schools if they had 15 they considered closing classes, and some of them went to online. Some of them are going to, you know, A through K, and then the rest of the alphabet. So they're going every other day, and then Friday's an online day and a teacher preparation day and that type of thing. As far as your football program, is there going to be some numbers that you have to keep under in order to continue to practice and play games? Yeah, you're spot on to what we're working on right now. I mean, we've got two two things to, to look at in that regard. One is the typical game. So Arizona, Utah, as we as we approach approach that game, what the directors right now in the conference are working on with, with head coach input is what will it take for that game to be, I guess we have to use the word canceled to your earlier point about no, no place to put the game. What would it take for that game to be canceled? And so we're looking at what that number would be um, from from not only a whole number but also a position by position number. You know, I mean, it, if you don't have quarterbacks, if you don't have offensive line in particular, those positions. And so we're looking at, at kind of wrapping that up maybe as early as next week, so that you know, here's the deal: we're not available because we don't have this. The conference certifies that, and you, that that cancels the game. The second way that, that games could be canceled is, is what the presidents and chancellors have made clear, that they, that they wanted an off-ramp that if you know, community spread, campus issues, whatever it might be from their perspective, that, that they would say, hey, you know, we tried this, we came back, it's just it's not working. Certainly their prerogative, they run the conference, and, and uh, you know, that could happen. So those are the two things that, 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 that could cancel a, a football game. You know, the hope is that uh, we avoid that and and we can get these games in but i think we're all realistic we we all watch what's going on we study what's going on and we know that uh, we're going to be pretty blessed if we get the entire season in across the conference so knowing that there's a there's a decent chance there'll some be some games that just can't be played if it's one of the better teams in the conference and we've seen the preseason poll out so we know who people are assuming slash guessing 
Would those teams be free to play non-conference games against teams that match the testing protocol? Because everybody wants to see the Pac-12 in the playoff for multiple reasons. There's a financial payout. There's reputation issues and all that. And I don't know if seven wins will get you in or not, but I'm thinking 5-0 and or 6-0 and won't. So, that, you know, if there's some way to find one more game for an elite team, is that possible? At this point, no. I mean, it's it's the regular season is is a Pac-12 only, uh, you know, schedule. Uh, you know, I think that that the the idea that that would be available is probably a, a stretch and, and hard to imagine how if a team, you know, on a Thursday can't play because of what I mentioned earlier, is going to be able to find somebody, you know, to play, you know, because the following week that that team has another Pac-12 game already scheduled. So it's hard to even imagine how it would work. But specifically to your question, our regular season is is uh, Pac-12 only. You know, we are looking at that last weekend, which is the championship weekend, that Friday night championship. You know, for the rest that aren't in the championship game, we're also making some final, you know, final decisions on what that day needs to really look like. And um, you know, right now the thought is it's it's five versus five, four versus four. But we want to make sure we do a deep dive on that. Make sure that's the smartest thing to do. Would it be better to have a game that was needed to be rescheduled to be put on that day? Um, does it make sense for five to play five? We just want to take a really good look at that before we lock it in. But that's the only day that we might be able to do something. Of course, to your point. DJ, I mean that's that's you know our championship teams would be the only two that would be considered going to to, mm-hmm. to the CFP, so it wouldn't really help in that regard. Yeah, Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director, joining us. We've heard the Bahamas Bowl and the Hawaii Bowl are not going to play this year. Are all your bowl partners planning on playing? Would there be any extra bowl games available to the conference? Might there be fewer than normal? Do you have any clarity there? Well, I know the league uh, informed us on Wednesday morning in our in our call that they're going through their league, excuse me, their bowl meetings. Merton Hanks, our new director of football operations, and Jamie Zinovich, the deputy athletic director, are meeting with all the bowls. And so far, so good as it relates to them wanting to be a part of the structure. Uh, you know, it's important for a lot of them. You know, they they have television deals. They'd like to see that revenue. Obviously, conversely, we've got a lot of our bowls in California and you know there's you just there's just not going to be fans there so can they make it work can they you know does their you know financial model allow for for them to be able to handle that i think probably you know we're going to see our bulls stay stay uh active it's going to be different i i don't know if it would be you know going out for three or four days uh you know there's a lot of time between now and then but uh, our hope is that our bulls in our lineup are all there. You know, the bulls that you mentioned are not in our lineup. Uh, but I know there's a lot of conversations going on with our bull partners as we speak. Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Mark, thanks for a few minutes and uh, answering your fans' questions. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Now, listen, you know, I'm impressed that none of you asked about your own personal access to the stadium uh, this, 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 this coming month. And so because you didn't ask, that gives you a lot better chance to have the opportunity. <laughs> Actually, I thought about that, but I thought, you know, the fans, they don't really care about the media. So <laughs> that's our concern, and we want to represent what the fans want. But, yeah, obviously, I had somebody as recently as last night ask me, are you going to the games? I don't know. 
Well, it's uh, it's going to be different. It, I tell you, it, it's it's like we talked about it. It's it's going to be crazy to manage it all. But we know you guys got to do your work, and and we got to make sure we're telling the story about these games. But I always appreciate you guys. Give me a holler anytime. There you go. That was Mark Harlan, uh, athletic director of the University of Utah's conversation this morning with DJ and PK. We'll get to drop of the day coming up right around the corner, but let's jump out to the zone phone. He's been hanging out with us today throughout the show. He's our friend Rob Bruff, executive vice president of marketing for Zions Bank. Rob, what's going on? Doing great. That was a great segment. Oh, man, it was it was a really good interview. David and Pat did a nice job, and, and Mark, uh, he covered a lot. He covered it all, I thought. He sure did. Lots to look forward to. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about Zions Bank, and uh, let's talk about the small business, uh, small businesses you've helped throughout this uh, pandemic. We touched on it a little bit earlier, Rob, but this is this is such a cool thing. I wanted to make sure we hit it again. Yeah, thanks, Jake. You know, through this pandemic, when it first started, and the introduction of the Paycheck Protection Program, you know, we've been able to help uh, just short of forty-seven thousand small businesses obtain this much-needed funding to allow them to uh, keep their employees on the payroll and, and help them weather this storm, and it's something we're, we're super proud of. Well, we, and we've talked about community a lot today, but, I mean, the, the small business is such a, a driver of our local community and so important. That's, that's, that's really cool to hear how many you've helped. Well, they're everything. They're, they truly are the lifeblood of our of our community, and uh, you know they employ the the majority of of our, our people, and and they're everything to us. And so, we talk about creating value at Zions Bank, and and certainly at the top of that list is the value we create for our small businesses. Pretty darn cool. All right, uh, Zions Bank, and that's our friend Rob Bruff, Executive Vice President of Marketing. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, you bet. All right, we'll get to more Big Show. Drop of the day. Today's drop of the day is pretty good, too. You're going to want to stick around. It's it's pretty hilarious. Uh, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and uh, 12 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. You ready for Drop of the Day, Gordo, also known as Sounds ready. of Various Clips? Yep. Have you ever really been busted in a lie, Gordon? I mean... Yeah, a long time like ago. Like red-handed? I, yeah, uh-huh. By yeah. us, or are you referring to a different <laughs> no. time? Because no, because you guys, you guys are always... I stand firm. With what I say. What about but, your uh, earlier reference to Ezekiel? Oh well, come on. <laughs> or uh, what about the what about when you told us that you were writing your column on Friday and then used it <laughs> as a reason not to help Lisa on I Saturday? I forgot about that. Yeah, but yeah, but that that was partial. That was true. I had to make some adjustments <laughs> and updates. So. That took just long enough for her to get all the mulch into the backyard. Uh. 
No, because I went out and helped. After the See, work it, was all done. No, I was I was part of the work. The Come spreading on. is the, the hard part. The, if the wind can do it, it's not called work. Right. The, this, the hard work is getting <laughs> no. the 50-pound, 50, 50 bags of mulch from the curb <laughs> to the backyard, not dipping the shovel in and doing a little spreading on the bed. No, it was a rake. And here's here's the other thing about it. It was a rake I, that makes it I, even less worse. I went and got the the bags of mulch as well. And what I didn't tell you is that when when I, I went with her to go pick them up and I loaded them in, most of it myself. Most of it. Okay, that, that I don't believe because you would have told us that when this story came up originally. No, I don't tell you everything. And, uh, I think... What about the time you made dinner from scratch but didn't? Look, the only part of that that was even partially uh, embellished <laughs> was the key lime pie. Vibber. The rest of the rest of Vibber. it was done by me. Well, why didn't we get video of that? I did. How dumb I, do you I think video. we are? Seriously, we got we got video of you slicing. The food is steaming in the background as you're like, "All right, time to slice the like, cheese." Hey, yeah, right. I've got I've got family members as witnesses. So I can and their you. opinion is, of course, biased. <laughs> oh, no, I the, my Not favorite was the salad where you're spreading the already cut vegetables <laughs> onto the salad. That was my no, favorite. No, I I cut the vegetables. <laughs> it's, it's it's just it's just. It's you guys are impossible. Anywho, uh, check out this. <laughs> this uh, this is a doorbell camera, so the audio gets a little like uh, spotty at places. But I, I think our listeners will get it. It's really funny. Uh, these are two young people who who ring someone's doorbell and are trying to raise money for a football program. Get this. Evening, sir. How's your day going? It's all right. Hey, man, uh, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle since uh, you, um, I'm not going to be able to come out. So you guys have a good day. Right? Uh, but, but you have a package right here. Do I? You have an Amazon package. But me, me and my partner, we're fundraising for Covina High School football. And we're, really, we're working really hard, sir. Yeah, uh... Actually, it's funny you bring that up because I know for a fact uh, you guys don't go to Covina because I teach there. Huh? I know for a fact you're, you're not working with Covina High School. Uh, but I play running back position, sir. Uh, you uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a football coach there at Covina. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, what's your name, sir? What, what's your name? Uh, Marcos. What's the head football coach's name? Uh, Hernandez? No. I think you guys need to leave the area. All right, thank you. Have a day. Thank you. All right, you have a good day. <laughs> We're raising money for the football team. How'd you like to help? You're not on the football team. Yes, I am. I'm the running back. Oh, I'm the football coach. <laughs> I've never was... seen you before ever. That was quite the exchange, wasn't it? All right, then. You have a good day. You have a good day. <laughs> Man, oh, that teacher. That. I'm telling you, these teachers, they, they've they heard it all. They've heard it all. And uh, You're not a student there. I'm a teacher if there. If you're a football coach on the team. What's the head football coach's name? Uh, Fernandez? No. No. 
Okay, you know what we you know what we really need to hear now, Austin. I don't know how fast you could you could track this down, but the kid lying to his mom about the bong. How hard would that be to find? Because that that's that one's my favorite. Because these these football players they they were like, okay, we're caught, we're out of here, right? You know, have a nice day as they hurriedly walk uh, down the driveway. The, this kid really really held on to the lie. Here we go. I have no idea what this is. This is something for... I have no idea. Well, then give it to me. Let me see what it is. I'm trying to see what it is. It looks just like a big metal, like, glass, like, vase. Look, that's like a glass bottle. I think it's like a vase. Well, open it then. I'm opening it. Chill. It just looks like a, a vase for, like, a bunch of, like, things. It's like, a bomb. What the frick? It's a bomb. What the heck? I didn't order that. Ordered an Xbox card. Our Xbox remote. This is a bomb. Oh, wow. I did not order that. I love that. That kid That kid held on to that lie, man. That kid was... And that, uh, mom, that mom knew what was going on right from jump. Of course she did. Because I don't know if there's a human being out there that would confuse a bong for a vase. <laughs> <laughs> you can put stuff in there. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> I ordered kids, an Xbox remote. Kids think parents and teachers are just complete idiots. Then <laughs> they're not. They I are not. I don't think we have time, but the, the kid also who was smoking weed in his room playing video games who gets discovered by his parents, <laughs> that's a pretty good one, too. Where he says, oh, <laughs> the, the window's what open. The, what are the odds, though? That guys are coming to the door pretending to uh, raise funds for a football team, and the guy who's behind the door is a coach for that team. <laughs> I don't know if it's a small town. That's Austin Horton leveled bad luck. Yeah, right that, is, that wasn't a small town. It was Covina. That's what he said. Uh, yeah, That's, West you take Covina the two hundred three to the five over to the four hundred four down to the yeah, six six twelve and yeah, then chip golf balls into the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. And then well, fly on by Covina uh, would, the OC. Covina, on a good day, Covina would probably be about 15 minutes from Pasadena. Maybe a little more than that. On the, the 612? 20, maybe 25. I forget. Okay, do you have the 210? Do you have the kid playing video games who uh, gets busted by his parents smoking weed? This one's good, too. How does it? It doesn't smell like smoke. You do not see. Smoke. It reeks of pot. That's yeah. what. Yeah, because the window was open. Do I look high? I don't care. You're smoking it in here. Where is it? I'm smoking. I have the window. No, be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. Exactly. I'll take a computer. I thought it was in here too. I closed the window. I know you swore. My breath. Smell my breath. Where is it? Just, All right, whatever. You're done with what? You're grounded forever. They just say he's grounded forever. He's grounded forever. Go, go they on. are so go done. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> you lied to us. Yeah, why would I tell you? Why would I tell you I'm sorry? You are so, so grounded. I don't give a <laughs> tell him because I'm, I'm taking you. Kick me out then. I'm not going to kick you out. You live here. You're my son. Do it. You're yeah. my son. You're my son. And then you're yeah. like, you're out. But tell your friends. You are so the friends. teams are running all that other shit is down. And you lied to us and you why would told I, us why you were. Why would I tell you I'm sorry? Why are you smoking pot? Why? <laughs> <laughs> because it is wrong. It is illegal. And we've asked you not to do it. We have asked it's you to do one thing. Don't smoke pot in our house. <laughs>
Wow. Man, that's that's not even funny. That's kind of sad. Why is that sad? It's way funny. Where's the weed? Where's the weed? It's not funny at all. Are you kidding? These two two parents with broken hearts? Broken hearts. Because they're finding out their son is lying to them? Oh, the dad. Because he's doing drugs? The dad is the funniest part. Where's the weed? Where's the (laughs) weed? The the mom's losing her mind, and the dad's like, oh. Where's the weed? Let's just get through this, please. Man, I, I I really have a hard time hearing kids lie to their parents. That's uh, that's so grounded. Where's the weed? So, this is so ridiculous. It's funny. The kid, the kid being like, "Oh, the window is open." Uh, <laughs> You're like, smelling feet. Like, just you, blow it in. Yeah, I. You know what? A Snoop Dogg just passed the window. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I just saw him go by. I said, "Hey, Snoop, you stuck up my room." <laughs> Thanks, My man. mom's gonna think I'm smoking weed and dishonoring her. The mom's like, <laughs> I can see the smoke, and the kid's like, No, no, hey. Didn't she say open. I could smell it on your breath? <laughs> oh, well, oh. And, yeah, like, my experience, which is very little with weed, is you can smell weed. I'm like yes, a mile can. away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever been at a concert and the first yeah, thing you smell exactly is it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, what are the odds these two kids were related? I don't know. Bong kid. And weed kid, <laughs> the the bong kid stayed with it a lot longer than the weed kid did. He, he was like the Kavina doorbell right. ringer. Yeah, yeah, but was... the, yeah, but the weed kid was just absolutely busted. You know, it's like you said, what a Snoop Dogg walking by. <laughs> no, the windows no. open. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh man! I mean, the bong the bong kid. Okay, a bong shows up at your at your uh, address and. You got a little more wiggle room there. What is this? Some kind of vase for things <laughs> to put things in it? Now what the, the mom, the, frick? the mom in that one was my favorite because she's just like, it's a bong. <laughs> See, <laughs> and the kid keeps he dancing, been, and she's like, no, it's a bong. <laughs> he would have been smarter just to say, hey, look, it's a bong, because the fact that he acted like he didn't know what it was made it worse. And she's, you know, she figured that out. Right so are we away. saying that, she the, uh, that one out. <laughs> the Kavina doorbell ringers are the best of the three liars in this uh, scenario? Yeah, because they lied best. Well, see, they, they all failed miserably lying, but those guys knew when the jig was up, right? <laughs> and and yeah. got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and they could run well, they, it the Well, they didn't door. know the name of the football coach. I mean, but, yeah. they took a shot. This isn't yeah. an Xbox remote. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's the X button? No, but my favorite excuse out of all three is the, the window being open. <laughs> that one's my favorite. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that, is, that was that's, That was a Hail Mary lame. right there. That, uh, that was the know, last play of the game, and he's like, you know what? I'm taking a shot at it. The window's open. Willie Nelson and Snoop were out there playing a gig. I'm not going to claim that I'm, uh, you know, George Washington and I cannot tell a lie or anything. You know, I've told a a lie uh, here and there way back when, whatever. Uh, But I don't understand why so many people are so freaking dishonest. I mean, I'm a sucker for grass. I I know why. Yeah, I get that they're trying to save their own carcass. In most cases, or advance it somehow. But uh, there's too much lying going on in the world. Well, here's what we want you to do. Order a bong off the Internet, and when Lisa opens <laughs> it, just tell her the truth. Say, what? I thought that, I mean, it's a vase. <laughs> tell Lisa, you know what? I'm picking up a new habit. 
cocaine doesn't lie. <laughs> Stay tuned. We're over. More next, 97.5 and 1280 uh, The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. How many kids do you think have been named Layla because of this song, Gordon? I know of at least one. Do you really? Yeah. I don't know of any, but uh, it's a nice name. Uh, our boy uh, Hatch named his uh, firstborn daughter, I believe, Layla. Well, I know oh, really? he named one of his kids Layla. I can't remember if it was his first daughter or not. Ryan, now, uh, anyway, a little radio personality here a long time ago. Lloyd picked Eric Clapton as band of the day, and uh, Eric uh, Eric has a long history of uh, some terrific music. He was in the, he was in the band Cream, if I'm not mistaken. He was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, what was their most famous song? Uh, let's see. Let me think here. White Room, probably. That was the other. It was another one that was. Uh, uh, what was that song called? I, I don't know. Anyway, they had some great hits. Eric Clapton, that's quite a career, man. Yeah, he's, uh, he's yeah, I mean, he's an amazing musician, no in, doubt about it. In the age of uh, more, uh, well, what can we say, all kinds of music advancements as far as uh, equipment goes and all that, do you still uh, really enjoy a great guitar riff? Oh, yeah. Who would... Yeah, me too. I, I do, yeah. Eric Clapton, one of the greats. <laughs> All right, we have a lot to get to uh, coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Make sure and stay tuned. But right now, let's get out to the zone phone. He is the executive vice president of marketing for Zions Bank. He's been hanging out with us today on the show. He's our friend Rob Bruff. What's going on, Rob? Hey, doing great, Jake. Uh, hey, Rob, you, you ever play the guitar? You know, I, I wish I did. I wish I played anything. You know, I, I love music, but I, I don't have that gift. Yeah, I, Gordon uh, told us that he would have been a masterful guitar player if his parents had given him a nicer guitar, but uh, they didn't give him a very nice one, so he just quit. Yeah, they gave me this piece of oh, Rob, they gave me this piece of junk, you know. It's, uh, but anyway, yeah. always somebody else's fault. You were on always. always. Uh, Rob, this is our our final ch- uh, conversation with you today, so I'm going to kind of leave it up to you. What do you want to hit on this final time? Well, I just I just want to say that we've talked about it a couple of times but i think one of the things that we've been most proud of at zions bank in recent months is the help we've been able to give to the small businesses in our community uh they're the lifeblood of our community and and we've we had the opportunity to help forty-seven thousand of them with the with the emergency funds that they've needed to keep their employees on their payroll and we're really proud of that 
Yeah, because it's such a it's such a difficult uh, situation. It's something that uh, we as a community, Rob, have never faced anything like this uh, before, or at least are uh, in generations anyway. And uh, I I think it's impressive that uh, you've been there for the small businesses because it's it to, to help them out through this because it is so very important to our community. Well, you're right, and there is no playbook for what we're experiencing right now, and we've just been happy to be a part of providing some relief and some help, and we. We will continue to do so. So happy well, to do it. We uh, we appreciate what you and everybody there at Zions Bank uh, does, and uh, we appreciate you jumping on the show today. It's been an adventure, Rob. You're you're a good man <laughs> for uh, for sticking with us through this show. Well, it, it it has been an adventure, but it's been a lot of fun. And and uh, just for the record, I, if if you'd like to contribute, I'm raising some funds for the Covina High School football team. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you are the you are the best. Come on this show anytime. Happy to do it. Love it. Thanks, buddy. There you go. That's our friend Rob Bruff uh, from Zions Bank, Executive VP of of Marketing. That was a good line right Hernandez, there. Hernandez, I think, was the name. Wasn't it? <laughs> that was the name that he came up with for the coach. <laughs> What's the coach's name? Hernandez. Oh. No, <laughs> that's not it. No, I'm on the staff, son. That was a great Busted. line from Rob right there. Way to close strong. Rob Bruff, everybody. Uh, Bobby Williams. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll get to the 6 o'clock uh, hour Tracy next. Tracy Ellis. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's been a fun day on the show, Gordo. We've got the movie zone coming up right around the corner. Uh, Johnny Lightfoot and the world-famous Austin Horton will be hosting. Should we should we get a preview on the on the uh, poll question this week, Gordon? Yeah, let's do it. Austin, what's, uh, what are we looking at for a poll question? Well, b- beside, uh, oh, we are uh, debuting a new segment on the movie zone this week, so oh, tune in exciting. for that. We do have a poll question as well. And the poll question this week is, since they're in a movie together that is opening this week, Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, uh, uh, Jane Seymour, and, uh, oh, now I've forgotten, uh, oh, Christopher Walken. So De Niro, Walken, Thurman, Seymour. What is the first role and or movie you think of when you think of those actors and actresses? Okay, let, let's take it. Uh, De Niro, let's go. Th- De Niro, Godfather 2. Okay. Raging Bull. Okay, great answers. What about Christopher Walken? Uh, oh, man. Uh, catch Me If You Can. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. Uh, how about Uma Thurman? Kill Bill. Uh, yeah, Kill Bill. Okay. And uh, Seymour. Wedding Crashers. Yes. Nice. <laughs> that is the most, uh, so far, most uh, popular response for her. Yeah. yeah. I thought Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman would be on there more. That, that's more Gordon Speed. So we've got nine wow. new movies coming out. We've got the poll question of the week and a new segment. So catch it next. What's the new segment? That's, I just said, catch it next. What's it called? Man? I know. Give us a hint. Uh, we're workshopping the name still. But, you know, we do Soundtrack of the Week. Yeah. It has to do with that. Okay. So. All right. Johnny Lightfoot and uh, Austin Horton have the movie zone for you coming up next. Yeah, if you haven't heard that show, check it out. Because I got to tell you, Austin, and I've and I've texted you this. uh, You guys are really good on that show. It's fun to listen to. That's kind of you. Thank you, Gordon. We got a football Friday coming up tomorrow. Alema and Mac going to be along for the ride. We'll be at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. Should be fun. Always a pleasure. It's it's always fun. And you want to talk about stories? 
That is the show to listen to if you want to hear all kinds of stories. Some of them you may have heard before. Some of them you have not heard, but you don't want to miss it. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow on a Football Friday on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.